Okay, I'm joined by Paul Will, the Chairman and CEO of Celadon Group in Indianapolis. Thank you very much for joining us today. Uh, thanks. Appreciate it. So I know Celadon's health and wellness efforts date back about a decade. I also know the company's been recognized a number of times since then for those efforts, including being named 2012 Healthy Trucking Fleet of the Year by Fusion Health and Navistar. So to start, I'm wondering if you could share with me uh, why, and I guess maybe for our viewers, more importantly, how the company went about launching those health and wellness efforts. Yeah, so, um, you know, if you go back to when we first started looking at, you know, what can we do as far as from a driver's standpoint, um, you know, expediting the process, you know, they come in, they have DOT physicals. Um, what we'd have to do is we'd have to send them down the street to have the physical done. They'd have to come back and go through the rest of the orientation process. So it wasn't efficient. It wasn't really effective in, in the process. So it was kind of in that whole theme of, you know, how do we, you know, get the driver in, get the driver out. And, and then that leads to better retention down the road from the standpoint of you sometimes lose drivers through the recruiting orientation and then uh, deployment process. So when we looked at it, uh, first we originally started in a, in a couple of the our what we had dorm rooms. We had individuals, uh, doctors that would come in, do the physicals, um, you know, nurse practitioners, et cetera. And then we've expanded that uh, over the years to have a separate standalone uh, building that actually does, you know, the physicals, the drug testing. And then we've ex further expanded that individual standalone building uh, to be able to do stuff for not only the drivers but the administrative staff and beyond just the DOT requirements. But if a driver's over the road, he's got a 53-foot trailer, you know, dragging behind him. If he tries to go home, he has to take two days off. We have to route him home. It's inefficient. Um, he, he may get home. He may miss his appointment based on where the loads are. Um, and then he's in a situation where he's frustrated. Um, he doesn't meet his appointment, and then he's got to do it again. So what we thought was if they come through Indianapolis, they could park their truck, park their trailer, come in, do what they need to do at the office. But we're also providing them the opportunity to meet with the doctor and have a more of a physician, you know, as a general practitioner type relationship, and then they feel comfortable, and then they will end up doing more for their own health and wellness uh, than they otherwise would. Because no different than a lot of uh, in other employees, most people don't end up going to, to their doctor's appointments on a regular basis and all that. This just affords them the opportunity to actually have a relationship with the doctor and address needs and concerns prior to them becoming issues. Um, so when you look at the whole population of the driving force with what we started doing years ago was through when we uh, opened the clinic was we started doing uh, health risk assessments, looking at your blood pressure, your cholesterol, you know, all those type of uh, metrics and try to start to, to get in front of the, both the drivers and administrative employees to help them better manage their own health uh, so that they could be a better, more productive driver and have a better, you know, personal life as well as, a, you know, um, uh, a work life. So uh, how were you able to get drivers both initially engage into this as these plans sort of have started and rolled out and advanced. I guess also, how have you been able over the years to keep them engaged, to continuing to, uh, to to improve maybe other areas of their health as the plans have, have developed? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, it's, it's, it's like I was saying, it's really challenging just in general, but especially with this a population of drivers that are out two or three weeks at a time over the road. So it's really engaging them right from the get-go, right through the orientation process, uh, meet, having them meet with, um, you know, the individuals uh, within the, the clinic, the doctors, the nurse practitioners, and then communicating to those, uh, you know, drivers as they come through orientation, here's what we have to offer. 
we further started driving school down the street within our same industrial complex that has both uh, you know exercise equipment it's got exercise classes spinning um, it's got some you know light weights um, it's got a clinic down there as well uh, so especially the students when they come through the same thing that they have an opportunity to really get engaged in the whole health process right from the get-go so in addition to getting engaged right from the get-go, doing the health risk assessment, really evaluating how we can you know, better help them help themselves, we stay in front of them you know, so many times you walk around a truck, that's a mile, do, you know, when you go to what can you do over the road to help your, yourself be uh, you know, better from a health standpoint. If you have high blood sugar, what, what can you do? So we put refrigerators in all the, all the uh, trucks that we currently supply drivers. We have inverters in there so that they could actually use microwaves. Um, they could actually, you know, have the, the power of the refrigerator so there's no chance that it, it'll not be powered and therefore food will spoil. So they could actually get fruits and vegetables and some of the things that otherwise that they wouldn't necessarily get at truck stops. So they could eat healthier. Uh, so it's really just continuing to condition them to do the right things, you know, put them in a position where they've got the tools and the capability of having doctors, having the right amenities within the cab of the truck, uh, having the right, you know, uh, opportunities to exercise and, and be coached by individuals. Uh, within the organization when they're through the terminals. Um, we've got dietitians on, on site, uh, on staff that, that can actually help them and coach them as well. So it's really, it's not just one thing, it's just a, a, a whole, um, you know, a litany of things that we've got that we've, lit, you know, done throughout uh, over the years that we've grown, um, you know, that, that allows us to stay in front of the driver and hopefully help them be, you know, uh, more health conscientious. Are you uh, fairly confident that all of these different steps that you've been laying out had a direct impact on driver recruiting and retention? Uh, we, we think it is, but it's one of those soft things. So when Steve Russell originally, you know, when we were going through the whole process of looking at the clinic and building the building and making the investment, um, you know, his question, he's a numbers, numbers guy, so his question was, you know, how, how much is it going to save and what's it going to do financially? And when it was all said and done, my comment was, end of the day, you can't really put a number on it. I think in general, healthcare costs will always go up. So can you minimize the increases is kind of what, what my conclusion was. So then if you say, let's, all we're going to do is minimize the cost increases, but we're going to help our employees. One could argue that, you know, a lot of drivers turn over a lot, so they're transitory in nature, but still it's for the better good of the employees. If they stay or don't stay, we want them to stay, but if they're going to stay, Let's do the best we can for them. If they're going to leave, they're going to leave anyway. But do the right things and try to help them, you know, from a you know health and wellness standpoint. So it's really more of a cultural thing that we've tried to, you know, embrace within the organization uh, more than anything else. And, and we think it's helping, but it's one of those soft items where you don't necessarily know if it's if it's truly helping or not. Many other questions we have received uh, from viewers surround return on investment. Mm -hmm. uh, can, can you share a little bit? If not, that was driver retention may be a soft figure. Is there anything you can share about what the return on investments have been on some of these investments in the health and wellness area? Um, you know, there, there, we have some stats internally that show, you know, productivity. Productivity is one where I think, you know, how, how do you define the productivity? But I think a really good example is a driver over the road. You can't say, okay, here's how many hours we saved that that driver didn't have to get routed all the way through his house, but he actually, when he was coming in for a you know, uh, uh, so a PM for his, her truck or if he was coming through for a safety evaluation or whatever the case is, he was also able to stop and meet with the doctor, uh, get his physical done, um, get his, you know, prescription for whatever he needed refilled. Um, but then if you think from administrative staff as well, an individual that does not have to then make a doctor's appointment to leave, so you'd have to leave the office at call at 1.30 
to be at a two o'clock doctor's appointment. You get there, and it's inevitable that you're not going to get in at two. You're going to get in more like at you know two forty-five or three o'clock, and then by the time you eat out and get back, you've you've burned three or four hours of non-productive time or time that you know you're not going to get paid for. Whereas it, in Indianapolis, at our our uh, uh, you know clinic, you can actually set your appointment. You could set your appointment for two o'clock. You could walk over there at five till two. You could be out of there at 2.15, 2.30, you can be back to work and you're only talking about 35 minutes. That's the, that's where there's a lot of productivity gains and savings by that. Plus we have the, the uh, clinic open uh, every other Saturday so that you could actually engage and have your uh, family. So then you're saving the individual on their deductibles and their co-pays because we don't charge when they come in to use the, the clinic. Whereas if you went to office visit, you'd pay anywhere between 90 to hundred dollars. So it's that whole uh, you know, you're saving them money, you're engaging them, and you're getting them to do things they otherwise wouldn't necessarily do on a regular basis, meeting with doctors. So there's productivity gains, there's, there's cost savings for the individual, and then that goes back to the culture, cultural thing where I think we're trying to build a culture that, you know, we're trying to help the individual both financially and, uh, you know, be concerned about their health and wellness. Uh, some, some viewers may be from uh, smaller fleets uh, than Celadon uh, side they have some you know, limited means and resource. What advice might you give someone who's saying, you know, now is the time where we really need to get involved more so than ever before in health and wellness? What, what advice might you give them about a first step in terms of uh, developing a book? Yeah, so from our standpoint, first steps were, uh, as I said initially, and if you go back years, we painted the wall and we took three dorm rooms and we you know, had those used to do the physicals, and, and then we started expanding to do, you know, some, you know, small healthcare, you know, um, office visit type uh, type stuff. You have a strep throat, we'll give you a prescription for antibiotics, et cetera. Um, but beyond that, if, if you don't have those resources, we started doing things like, you know, doing the health risk assessments. So as we were doing the physicals, we could do the health risk assessments. They were only 30 or $35. And, you know, what I think is interesting is there's one individual that actually was an administrative employee, not a driver, that we actually found out, he found out a fairly healthy individual, found out that he had something through through the uh, blood work, he had, you know, elevated cholesterol or whatever he had, turned out he needs to take a prescription medication, and, you know, they said this would have deteriorated to the point where, you know, he could have had major health issues down the road. So my joke to him always was, you know, Celadon saved his life, so he definitely can't leave. But, um, but there are a lot of things that, um, you know, they can do, smoking cessation, programs, um, you know, getting in front of them with, with what can you do to exercise, what can you do on the road, um, walking around, you know, I think it's 26 times around the, the cab of the truck or the cab and the trailer is a mile and, and those types of things. So little things instead of just, you know, uh, going to the truck stop and just calling a night, do these few things, make sure you eat right. You know, if they can, if they could put an inverter and they could put a refrigerator in there, that gives the driver an opportunity to actually eat healthier than they otherwise would eat. So there's a lot of things that you could do that don't cost a lot of money, um, but it's really, I think it goes back to one of your earlier questions, which is the health and wellness, but the awareness of what you can do from health and wellness is, is probably more important in getting in front of them and constantly um, getting them to understand what they can do to better their own health. Um, you know, So it's not something where they come in the orientation, you talk about it, they leave, and then you never talk about it again, and then they just let it lapse and they don't, uh, uh, take care of themselves. Uh, I was doing a little research before our interview. Um, besides some of the expansions of medical facilities, uh, I came across uh, some of some PDFs online from Celadon talking about some uh, in, in recent years uh, forming a dedicated wellness committee 
Uh, you mentioned workout rooms and digital physical therapy. It also looks like they installed some uh, reward and incentive programs to sort of begin to take the next steps. Maybe you can just talk a little bit about that and the success you found uh, with the, the steps you've taken since initially launching some of the programs. Yeah, the, the wellness committee, that, that helps. That's kind of like the backbone, if you will, for you know what we've done from a health and wellness standpoint. So that allows us to then get get uh, different programs in place, like, you know, meeting, you know, uh, with individuals, um, you know, setting up, we've got something from a charity standpoint slash, you know, health standpoint, uh, getting in individuals involved with, you know, what's important to them, whether it be, you know, American Heart Association, Lung Association, some of those walks and, you know, some of the things where you're actually exercising, um, you know, I think from a dietary standpoint, having you know, lunch and learn, lunch and learns what we call them. Where basically you'll come in and they'll show you how to how to eat healthier and and make more conscious decisions on on what you're actually eating, uh, as opposed to just eating fast food or doing things that otherwise aren't you know the healthiest uh, you know from from a lifestyle standpoint. Um, you know, those are those kind of are the things that I think from the wellness committee. It's it's kind of then communicating to the rest of the, the organization and taking feedback from what's what are the biggest issues people have you know when when you step back and look at bmi to me driver's bmi pretty high but then when you really step back and look at the bmi with the health risk assessments for the rest of administrative staff it's not that much better and you think about it, it's still a, a fairly sedentary lifestyle if you come in you work eight to five you're sitting at your desk you're not really necessarily exercising so if you're not engaged in front of those individuals as well as the drivers the same type of uh you know, behavior, right? You, you may eat snacks at your desk, you may drink a lot of pop, you're not exercising, and then you end up doing things from a health standpoint that aren't good. So it's really getting, you know, having that uh, committee then getting engaged with employees, find out what their issues are and how we could try to, uh, you know, better their lifestyles from a health standpoint. You mentioned BMI, one of the topics in the focus area is sleep apnea. Mm -hmm. uh, we have uh, FMCSA about uh, Possible right, testing uh, guidelines, regulations, and maybe more some, uh, some studies have shown maybe as many as one third of truckers may suffer some form of sleep apnea. Uh, how concerned is Celadon are you about, about the issue of uh, sleep apnea within the uh, truck driving population? Yeah, so as far as sleep apnea goes, I mean, we're, we're always we always try to stay in front of what are the issues out there, what 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 can we, how can we help drivers, how can we make their lifestyle better. Uh, we found that. Um, you know, through through the sleep apnea issues, we've been testing sleep apnea um, through the physical process uh, for probably the last seven or eight years. Um, we have to obviously be careful because it's not it's it's their guidelines, not you know um, you know regulations. So, but what we've done is we've if individual tests you know positive that they have tendency to have sleep apnea, we will then go through the formal testing. If they're determined to have sleep apnea, we will then help them financially with getting a CPAP machine so that they could get better rest at night so they're better rested so that they're um, you know, safer drivers. So when we look at it, we say, okay, from the health standpoint, I guess there's two things, safety standpoint, now you've got an individual that's well rested when he gets behind the, the wheel, even if he's taking his 10 hour break, he's now rested and he can drive, drive well. The whole obviously issue with sleep apnea is you're, you're waking up repeatedly throughout the night and you're not getting a good night's uh, sleep. The other thing that comes with that we found now, if you flip to the health side of it, is the BMI is significantly higher for those individuals that have sleep apnea because one of the mechanisms, I don't know if you've ever stayed up for you know a test and you stay up all night and you end up getting, you eat more food than you otherwise would is, is kind of to, you know, to keep your body going. So 
those individual drivers end up eating more, so therefore they gain weight. So now you've got other issues, cholesterol, you know, BMI is higher, you know, your blood sugar ends up being higher. So sleep apnea, when we put individuals on the CPAP machines, they've ended up losing weight. Uh, so a combination of the CPAP machine, you know, trying to coach them along through the diet, having their refrigerator so they can buy better food, help, has helped them as far as a lifestyle standpoint, getting losing weight, getting more active, and feeling better about themselves. And those drivers that come back in are really, you know, excited because they feel that much better uh, about themselves. They feel better about their job. They're probably safer, um, and, and, you know, their families are happier, you know, because they're uh, healthier. Uh, Earlier in our conversation, you mentioned Stephen Russell. Uh, for anyone not familiar, he was the founder of Celadon. Uh, he passed away in April. Uh, I had the opportunity at a number of uh, conferences and other events to uh, get to know him a little bit, to cover him. Uh, I know he spoke about uh, healthcare costs and about health enrollment a number of times. One reason I wanted to uh, reach out to Celadon. While I have you here, you know, we, we received many emails and tributes uh, about Stephen. Uh, I thought it would be uh, very appropriate to sort of ask you if you could share a little bit uh, about uh, Stephen's life and, and about his love of trucking. Yeah, Steve is a, a great person. He um, you know, he's, he, everything in life with him was, was all about time. His uh, mom died when he was six, dad died when he was 21. Um, so I, I remember uh, having many, many a dinners with him and, and he would have a glass of wine uh, on several birthdays that I celebrated with him. Um, every birthday after the age of 42 is, was kind of a blessing from his standpoint since uh, it was one year longer that, that he's lived and he lived to the, what you'd say the ripe old age of 76, but he was a very passionate individual. Uh, one that really engaged the employee, um, loved the all employees, but really had a passion for the drivers, the health of the drivers, and and things that can make a you know a driver's life better. So, uh, you know the whole healthcare side of it, the whole wellness side of it, he really embraced and he embraced it with uh, drivers. Sometimes, you know, I, I think one I'll throw one funny. What I think was funny was there's like a, a pitch in and a few of the drivers because we have an open door policy. Steve's always believed in that, but we had an open door, or we had a, a open pitch-in, so a few drivers showed up, and one driver was, uh, he had, he was probably 450, 475 pounds, he came in, he had a few desserts on his plate, and and uh, he started to make a conversation with Steve, you know, Steve, you know, you talk about health and wellness, and, you know, what can I do, you know, I try, whatever, and Steve looked at his plate, and he said, well, maybe if you had a few more vegetables on your plate and a few less desserts, that would be a good start. So he was trying to make light of the fact that obviously you have to make conscious decisions, you know, to be in a better position. You can't just talk about it and you can't, you know, we can't force you to do things, but he was willing to put the time, the effort and the resources to try to help drivers be healthier and have better lives. So I think if anything, you know, that's what I take, you know, a lot from a, you know, industry standpoint, he was very passionate about the industry as a whole, but as it relates to, to what we're talking about, he really cared about the health and wellness of uh, drivers. And transport topics had the opportunity to come out uh, and to sell it on headquarters a couple of years ago. Did a, uh, a profile of, of the company and Stephen Russell, which we're you know, put back up on our website uh, again, uh, along with a, an interesting photo gallery about some of the artwork and uh, that that you loved that you sort of showcased at the company. And maybe we could just close, but I guess that is part of the the culture that was created there. Maybe. Uh, what might seem typical of a trucking company, uh, stereotypically, I guess, but some of the color and flair maybe he brought to Celadon that, that maybe helped shape some of the health of all this and some of the other things going on. Is that, is that a fair assessment? 
Yeah, more of a unique culture, not a typical, you know, not to, you know, say, you know, truckers are typical, but not a typical trucking company, a Cornell grad uh, that was really into the arts. He was on several boards of, you know, the Indianapolis Museum of Art, the Heidelberg, which is more of a Western motif. Um, the, um, oh, he was on several uh, other um, uh, theater type boards and so forth. So he actually did stuff within the community that um, schools would actually build art and we'd put them in our courtyard area, which I think you know, there's several pictures of those. So yeah, it's not, I wouldn't say a typical CEO of a trucking company, one that was really more engaged in the arts, the community and things that uh, you know really meant a lot to him and brought that spice and that kind of uh, uh, feel to, to sell it on. Okay, well, Paul, I want to thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us today on my Okay, thank you very much. Appreciate it.